Hello everyone and welcome back to the FemFit Society podcast. I'm very excited to be joined today by CEO of Kilo Gyms, Khalida Connell. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Leah. This is going to be fun. I'm excited. I am super excited and I love that I've thrown CEO out already because <laughs> it's a big role. It's a big job um, and there's so much that I want to delve into with Kilo and, and how you kind of it all came to be. But just in general, like, how are you? Because I know you've just moved, you're very busy, but like, how are you? Uh, yeah, like you, like you just said, we just moved. I just got engaged. Um, you know, just trying to like plan, um, life right now is like a little bit challenging. So to be quite honest with you, I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed, but, uh, each day that passes where I check one thing off my list, I feel a little better. So it's getting better. Um, but yeah, so generally, um, generally I'm okay. Good. And congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Like it's such happy news, but then it's like, well, there's another thing I need to think about. <laughs> I, I don't honestly like kudos to, I've, I've, I've literally never, um, I'm like kind of probably not unlike some women where we like I've especially people uh, women on this podcast or women who listen to this podcast like I've never thought about a wedding I've never like I didn't think this was going to happen for me like I am not one of those people who's ever been like I want my wedding to be like this and this and my dress like this like I've I've never thought about it and now I'm like forced to think about it and I was like I don't want Mm to think about it so um yeah we're we're choosing the path of least resistance at this point (laughs) sometimes ignorance is bliss but actually it's funny timing because one of the things I want to ask you about and I'm sure we'll delve into this massively but I feel like in previous times and interestingly I've just been reading um the book lessons in chemistry which is very much about like olden days where women didn't have careers and it was very frowned upon etc and now it's there was a kind of shifting conversation I don't know maybe 20 years ago of oh women either have a career or they have the kind of wife and mother route or and now it's like no you can't you can have it all but it's a lot <laughs> so have you kind yeah. of felt like I'd like find it really interesting that you kind of were like oh, I never thought it would be for me did you always think you'd maybe just be like this career woman and just go in that direction and actually that hasn't happened uh I was always very career and goal driven like even when I was younger like always like helping my dad on the farm being like hey you know dad was like hey you have to do x y and z in order for you to get a car or to get whatever and I was like all right well I know how to do those things so I'll just like keep repeating that until I get what I want right um uh my my dad was never one of those people who was like Hey, girls do this and boys do this. So he was very like it, it wasn't even a convert a topic of conversation in my house. Um, but yeah, like I just think, you know, the the older I get, and and now I'm getting to the age where like a lot of my friends are having kids, my colleagues are having kids, um, you know, my uh some of the people like my team leads are are having kids, and I'm like, this like I'm trying to put myself in their shoes and thinking like, whoa, this is like, this is a different beast. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's when, when that time comes for me, like it's going to look very different. It's going to be hard. Um, and I just hope that, um, I'm making it out to be harder in my head than it it actually is. 
but um yeah like for for me I, yeah I did always like know that my work was very important to me not to the point where it would be detrimental to my life but I just I, I do like to work and when I find something that I like I I go all in um so yeah that's kind of in my my mentality <laughs> No, I love that. And that it's, it's, you have, as you say, you've got a, a big team and you've got so much going on. But for anyone who maybe doesn't know or hasn't seen Kilo, like, tell us a little bit about what Kilo is. Sure. So Kilo is we're we're about we're rounding on the four year point actually that we've be being a company. Um, we have fifty or close to fifty employees, maybe just over fifty now, um, all around the world. So we're completely remote, uh, but we serve gyms and, and mostly CrossFit gyms, but not solely CrossFit gyms. We have gyms of all kinds, um, but we do websites, marketing automation software, and gym management software for gyms. Uh, and our, uh, our shtick, our, our claim to fame is we help gyms grow. Um, our software, all the different pieces help gyms grow, whether that's through members or through revenue. Um, or just like, you know, helping that gym owner grow as a, as a, as a business owner, um, all of those things hold true. Yeah. And I think there's something I remember seeing it at some of you, you make gyms lives easier, right? Yes, we do. So, you know, we, I love like a good automation or a good SOP. Um, and I know that those things are like really difficult for gym owners. Um, and they, they were difficult for myself to like really get into and, and start to, be able to hand off those things to staff or, um, you know, hand off to a vendor or that kind of thing. Um, and so we are like that vendor that will help you make your life easier by, Hey, l l let me take that off your plate. Let me take the lead nurture off your plate. Let me take the website, uh, like maintenance off your plate. So you don't have to worry about any of those things. Um, and so that, you know, they can do what they do best, which is whether that's coaching or running their gym or assisting their staff. Uh, so they can continue to do those things, the stuff that really lights them up that they love. Yeah. Cause it's so interesting. And like, I think particularly in CrossFit that you meet these people who are so good at what they do in a coaching perspective and they have such a passion for the sport, but when it comes to running a business and kind of elevating it in that way, it's just not their thing. And it's like having someone like that, do you see that a lot where it's just like they're, they just, they don't know how to run a business or that, you know, there's a blockage in their knowledge, et cetera. In my previous life, uh, as a, as a gym owner and as a mentor to other gym owners, um, I, I was a mentor for two brain business, um, for gosh, five years. Um, so that's where I would see that, um, typically when they get to us, not always, but typically when they get to us, they've kind of got their feet underneath them a little bit and they're looking to like level up. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, with two brain, um, and God bless, you know, all the two brain mentors and, and Chris Cooper, um, for starting two brain, but that's when you really start to see like some of these gym owners who are like, I did this cause I thought it would be fun and I'm not having fun. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not making money and like something needs to change. And that's, um, that's where, where a really good mentor comes in software, I think can enhance that. I don't think it's going to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned that, as you say, you, you owned a gym, but like, where did your, what did your passion for, for fitness and kind of 
everything start that led to this? I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure when you started it, maybe you never thought that this would be your career, but like, where does that interest of fitness and kind of gyms come from? Um, probably not unlike many people. Um, I was driven by mental health. Um, so my father passed away in like a pretty tragic accident. And I was like, unwell, like quite unwell. Um, and I found CrossFit in that time, whether that was coincidental or whether I was searching for it, I don't, I don't know. Um, but it was like that thing that I could go to. It was like my constant. It was, um, in that way. And I just thought like, Hey, if I could give this to more people, I think it would be really helpful. Um, and so I was in a really small town that had no gym access. So not only was that detrimental for me, uh, it was, I thought detrimental to the community. And I just so happened to be in a community that was the most statistically, the most obese, um, community in Ontario, which is a province in Canada. Um, and yeah, I was like, wow, what a great opportunity. Um, this will be easy. <laughs> um, was not easy spoiler alert. Um, but it, it was a great opportunity. It was a great stepping stone. That gym still exists. It's, it's run by uh, my previous general manager, um, who is a saint like person on the, on this earth. Um, but yeah, it's, it, that's kind of where it came from and, and it grew into something even more powerful in my opinion. I, I find that so interesting that the statistics of building a gym in a place like that, did you, did you almost feel like a sense of responsibility when you opened? Um, yeah, in a way, um, I will, honestly, I was still a little lost when I first opened. And I, I think, um, well, I, I could see the opportunity. I was still opening it for selfish reasons. I was still opening it because I was like, hey, I need a place to work out. I was still opening it because I was like, I want to do my own thing. Um, I like to coach. I think I could be the best. And so I was, I at that time, I was opening it for quite selfish reasons. It grew into something that was no longer selfish at the end. Um, I think it's still okay to be selfish um, in, in certain aspects of business. Like you have to feed your family, you have to pay your mortgage, you have to do those kinds of things. Um, but in the end, um, it became more about my staff. And I thought like, hey, I can't, I, you know, obviously I can't do this alone. Um, but I think if I could empower these staff people to go out there and help more people, like my reach grows, right? And and the way that we, you know, show up as women grows um, by by means of of fitness and the the staff in that gym. And so it became more about my staff, uh, empowering them to reach out to more people and then, um, you know, just, just help them in that way. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting thing that fitness brings people together and reaches people so far and wide. And I think, you know, I try not to talk about CrossFit too much on this podcast because it's, it's not just about that, but I think in, in a, something like that, it really does affect so many people like globally. Um, but it, it's so interesting you say it is about the staff because you'll notice, I notice, I know a lot of gyms uh, and box like CrossFit boxes where there'll only be one member of staff and someone will be the affiliate owner. They'll be the only coach. They might have someone maybe do a couple of classes, but how important do you think kind of as someone who's previously owned a gym and now obviously you 
benefit so many gyms but how important is it to have that kind of like internal community of of staff as well as your members in my opinion it's make or break like you could be a great owner operator um but if you have like a couple of staff members that either aren't invested or you know they just say things the wrong way or they don't well like they don't like you know welcome people in the right way like that's make or break um you could have the you could have the best coaches in the entire world, but if they're like dickheads to your staff or to your, to your members, I'm sorry. Um, like you, your members won't stick around. And so it was really important for me to like really invest in my staff, not only like, Hey, here's the whole like mission vision of my business, but like, what do you want out of this job? And like, do you know how to be like a nice human being? And like, do you understand customer service? And that kind of thing. Um, outside, like coaching was actually, and <laughs> some gym owners might hate me for this, but like coaching was actually like one of the things that I focused on the least, like we still focused on it. Like, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't like, Hey guys, we're doing like a weekly, um, coaches review. Like we're not doing that. I'm like, I need you to be like great to my members so that they stick around. Um, and our coaches review will be like, you know, monthly and we'll do some seminars and that kind of thing for coaching but like we're going to talk more about like how to be nice because <laughs> some people just don't know how to be <laughs> yeah uh fortunately I, I hired some really good people but uh but yeah it's it's like I've mentored gyms where they're like this part like this coach is so good like technically they're so great and I'm like yeah, but they like said something mean to another member and that member quit like two weeks in like that that can't continue to happen, you know? Yeah, absolutely. At what point did you, and I know, I know you said like you left your gym in, in safe hands now with your old gym, but uh, mm -hmm. where did, where did Kilo come from? How did this kind of, how did it all come to fruition for you? So it was around the end of 20, well, somewhere in mid 2019, uh, myself and my two co-founders, uh, John and Mateo, we, we're running, um, a like marketing product for another business. And through that, we were recommending like all these different pieces of software, right? Like you needed click funnels, you needed like Zapier, you needed a phone number, you needed a website, you needed all these different things. And we we're like, there has to be a better way to do this. That can one be easier on the gym owner and probably just like better all around product. Um, and that's when we were like, well, well, we could, we could do that. <laughs> So, uh, we dove in, like we sold our gyms. We went all in on, on, it used to be called gym lead machine. Now gym lead machine is a product. Um, and Kilo is the company and, and, uh, yeah, so that's, we, we really just like built it because we thought that other gym owners would find it useful. And I guess a thousand people do find it useful because that's how many people we got on the, on board now. So, um seems to be going well yeah it, that's a big leap to take though right and selling a gym and I think it obviously it, it works and as you know but at the time did you feel that you had enough belief and kind of faith that it was going to work and it was going to be successful that it was an easy decision to like sell your gym and, and kind of move into this unknown I suppose um I won't say it was an easy decision, but I will say that like the two partners that I have, like I mentioned before, John and Mateo, like 
their, it's funny, actually, before I, I went into business with, with them, I was like, I will never have a business partner unless it's like the perfect opportunity. And, uh, they are the perfect opportunity. They, they are, um, I won't say they're the perfect partners, but like, they're the people that I love working with the most. Um, and so that decision was easy, like who I was working with. Um, the fact that I had never run a, a large remote team. Um, I had only run like maybe like teams of like four or five. I'd never run anything bigger than that. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about tech, <laughs> um, but I have confidence in the fact that like me and the small team that I had around me, like we knew a lot about gyms and we knew a lot about how this, you know, marketing funnels should operate. And we had good knowledge in the space. It was just bringing those things, two things together. So, uh, I was a little scared. Um, but when we launched, we had like overwhelming, um, response and we actually were only supposed to sell. Like we made a plan, right? We're like, okay, so we're only going to sell like maybe one a week because we think this is going to like take a long time to build. We want to get it right. Like the onboarding process is non-existent. Um, all of this has to be, has to be well done. Um, and COVID hit. And then we had to pivot a little bit <laughs> because our gym owner friends were, were struggling and they like, most of them had like a really poor online presence. Um, and so, yeah, we ended up selling like five a day <laughs> instead of four a month. Um, so we got, uh, it, that told me we were on the right track. So I was no longer scared. <laughs> That's like, wow. To have that change so quickly. Do you think it's so interesting, actually, because one of the questions I was going to ask you is launching in 2019 and then gyms almost shutting down for two years. It's weird because in my head, I'd go, oh, that's terrible timing. But actually, for what you provide, it's great timing. Did you find that it benefited you almost? Oh, yeah, I had a like a small Menti B when... Uh... When, when COVID hit and I was like, oh my God, I just sold my gym, uh, which, you know, turned out to be also a great decision. Um, but like, I just like, what, like, what are we gonna do? Like this, how are we gonna do this? Um, and yeah, it actually turned out to be like a huge blessing, um, that that, sorry, COVID was not a huge blessing, but like the business model was a huge blessing to gym owners. Um, mm -hmm. because yeah, like the, websites that most people are working with, like they're running them themselves or they're, they're piecemealing all these different pieces, um, of software together. And really like, that's not efficient. And they needed to like really focus in on how do I serve my members and how do I serve people who are interested in fitness during the pretty scary time. Um, and we were able to help them do that really quickly. Um, and so, yeah, it, it went well. <laughs> yes, we nailed it. <laughs> yeah how um like again I think it was a, a very unnerving time for anyone but particularly kind of managing a new business and of course as you say like it did end up going well but from a personal perspective and obviously you, you mentioned you know the reason you ended up finding fitness was because of mental health and you know a small mentee being which I love it's one of my favorite things because it happens to me way too often but from a like stepping aside you have kind of your business plan and I, I assume you have kind of your as you say your business partners to follow it through with you and you've got that but from a personal 
standpoint kind of risking a lot and then having this unknown that interim period like how did you cope and I, I assume especially because you can't go out and work out well you can but you know you didn't have your normal gym outlet to work out in but for you personally like how did you manage that interim period um to be honest with you there actually wasn't much of one um between the time uh like we had tons of other projects going on like we were um we had purchased a website company. So we were like managing that and trying to integrate that. And so like, I just filled it with work, um, which is not the right answer, by the way. <laughs> um, but it did get me through. And like, even when we started Kilo and, and we were like, I live in Canada. So, you know, the, the lockdowns were like pretty serious here. Um, and, uh, yeah, like it was just like, all right, well, uh, can't do much else. I had a, I had an online trainer that I hired from, um, my old gym and he like, was like, okay, just see if you can get three workouts in a week. I was working like 14 hour days on kilo trying to get like three hours a week of workout time in like, that's it. And it was, it was still difficult, but I'm, I'm pretty looking back, like, like I said, not the right answer, but I am thankful for how that went. And because, there were some, like some dark days as I'm sure many people can relate where I was just like, are we ever going to leave our houses again? Like what, like, what is happening? Right. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, I didn't have a lot of time to stop and think about it, um, because there was so much going on at the time. No, as, as I love, yeah, it's not the right answer, but sometimes <laughs> it can get you through. Um, yeah. but as you say, even having, and it kind of leads quite naturally into my next question I was going to ask you in that you, of course, have a super busy life and you are managing this kind of beast of a company and helping so many other people with their fitness journeys in a way. Um, but how important is it for you to continue to make sure you train yourself and have that element of fitness as, you know, whether you call it therapy or, you know, however it is for you, but like, do you still encourage it to be a part of your life? And how important is that to you? Yeah, it's non-negotiable. Um, like I, I live in Toronto. So like my, my gym memberships are like a little expensive because uh, I live in like a tier one city in, in, in Canada. Right. So, you know, it's like, but it doesn't matter, right. It doesn't matter that it's expensive. It doesn't matter that it takes some time. Like it's, it's very, very important to me. And it always has been. Um, so I make sure that I get to the gym like three to four times a week, which is, I'd love to get there more, but like, uh, I can tell when I'm like physically and mentally exhausted and I just need that break and it, and it happens. Um, I, I have a dog now, so we go for lots of walks and that kind of thing, but it's actually been my partner that has probably been the most influential in me taking time away. Um, and he's like been amazing in that respect. Um, cause there'll be times when like, we'll finish dinner. And I'm like, I just really need to go work on this one thing. And he's like, but this is our time. Like you work between the hours of like, if you want to work more, like that's fine. But like, this is probably not going to work as well. And I was like, oh shit, like this is, um, pretty important to me. So maybe I, maybe I do need to like, just be okay with the fact that like, I'm not going to get as much done as I used to get done. Um, and I'm 
just going to have to be okay with that. Like the work will still be there tomorrow <laughs> and you're going to make it through and eventually you will get it all done, but you're not going to be able to move as fast as you previously did. And you're just going to have to be okay with that. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, it is. But it, sometimes all it takes is someone else seeing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he's very like, he's have a you know normal job where he works nine to five. And um, I've, I, have never been in a relationship with someone who does have like a normal job. Um, and so he like, he's like, Hey, you know, next week on Monday is like a holiday. I was like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> he's like, well, I think we should, you know, do some things. I was like, that sounds great. We should do that. Like it's, yeah. it's, you know, just, it's really nice to have someone who understands what's actually going on on the outside world and help me. Um, it, it helps me be a better leader as well, because um, as, as you may know, like with remote teams, it's really easy to just like think of something and then just like ping your entire staff. Like that's not okay. They need their time off too. And it, so that also helps me be a better leader to them and just say like, this can wait. Yeah. It's, it's funny with remote as well. And I suppose even, even from your perspective on like time zones and things, when you have a global team, do you have to kind of sit because like calendly has changed my life because I I don't know times it I mean I've got a lot better but do you have this kind of thing of oh I've just you know I'll email them now or I'll ping them now but actually that might be you know nighttime for them or like does that do you kind of have to think about that now before you do anything as well yeah I that part I've I have tried to be always quite good at because um like I when I was remote um, or I guess I am so remote, but like when I was remote without like a home, <laughs> I traveled quite a bit and I knew what that felt like, you know, trying to manage like my own time and then their time and that kind of thing. And that it just felt like I needed to be respectful of that. Um, but we've actually implemented like some software and we did this early on where we could just like create to do's and then set a due date. And that way, like tomorrow it will still be there right you don't have to worry about like accidentally opening a notification and then like never finding it again so there are some tools out there that like have really helped um so yeah it's it's you, you definitely don't want to be sending like a direct message at that time like I try not to do that I know I love that and I think it's it's really interesting as you say being a leader because you know ethos comes from above right and it's having that if you set an expectation or a standard, then the people that you lead will do the same thing. And, and have you noticed that as well? Almost, as you say, having that understanding of people have lives and I have a life and having that balance. Do you feel that you've noticed it kind of within your team as well? Yeah, I have. And, and like I notice um, our customer support team is by far our largest um, team. And um, they probably have the most mental load because like there's emails coming in, people like sometimes, you know, if things are not working, you can be emotional about it and that kind of thing. Um, and so we try, um, and this is like something we've developed over time. You know, I've said, you know, to my team lead of that team, Laura, I've said like, have you had a day off? Have your staff had a day off? Like, let's make sure that we can, you know, do all this. And, and it's nice to see the trickle down effect when, she comes to me saying like, so-and-so has been stretched really thin lately. So I'm like trying to force her to take a day off. Um, so it's good. It's good to see that. We've even implemented some things that um, 
or maybe not on like super normal. Um, I think it's maybe more normal in the UK and I actually borrowed it from the UK. Um, it's called like a duvet day. Um, it, have you heard of this? Well, I have, but I've never had one. Oh, <laughs> not through work anyway. I mean, I have many of them, but yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, I mean, it may be in some companies, but I've, I've never been gifted it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So something we, uh, I, I was traveling and I met this woman from the UK and she said duvet day. And I was like, what the heck is that? Um, and when she, she explained it, I was like, that is the coolest thing. Like I want to do that. So basically it's just a day where you're like, Hey, I'm not feeling great. Um, you know, whether it's mental health, whether you're sick, what it doesn't matter. You don't, you need, you do not have to give any explanation to the company. Um, and you just take the day off and it's like same day. Um, you, we don't like, obviously there's not unlimited duvet days, but like, you know, there, we have a couple of them. And if you want to use them, use them, like it's totally your prerogative to, to use them and recover and come back better the next day. Yeah. I think, I think it's a great idea. I, I would encourage it for sure. It's I, genius. I, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. And I think as well, giving, giving people that kind of option of, like I can work today but actually I don't know if it's good for me to work today and you've got you know it's not like you don't feel like you have to call in sick or you know make this kind of thing so I I love it and I fully appreciate that you do for your staff it's amazing yeah I thought it was really cute and really just like it it really doesn't like take much as um you know like a an employer or like somebody who has contractors or whatever it doesn't take much to like tell people that you care like it's a day like not there I mean correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like there's not one company out there that would like crumble and burn if one staff person just decided they weren't going to come in because they needed to look after themselves like I I just think that it's such an easy thing to do um, and it shows your staff that like you you care exactly no I, I really love that and um, something else I love and this is a bit of a u-turn but you provide a lot of kind of I would say like mi mini real seminars I would <laughs> on your Instagram and it's so interesting because you know as you you've mentioned like not everyone has access to everything um, and where but there's so much information out there on so many different things and um, I wanted to ask you kind of the same question, but from two perspectives. Firstly, from a consumer perspective, as someone who is looking to join a gym, um, whether that be, as you say, CrossFit or normal, what are the things from a kind of online presence perspective, system perspective, what are the things that you think would sell a gym and, and we should be looking for? Because as important as we've talked about the staff are and the people are you're also paying sometimes a lot of money um for the whole package so yeah from a from a consumer perspective as someone who was maybe looking to join a gym what would you recommend that they look for so uh the first thing is google go to google like do they have a website do they have google reviews like is this a good place like i I don't know about you, but like anytime I go to a restaurant or I'm researching something like Google, Google maps is the first place I go, right? Like, what does it look like on the outside? Um, what does it look like on the inside? Like, 
what are, do they have four and a half stars? And like, why do they have that one, one star review? Like, is that person insane or are they talking like the truth? Right. Um, and I think a lot of gym owners overlook their Google business profile, uh, or I think it's called something different now, but it used to be called Google business profile. Um, and it's incredibly important, like maybe one of the most important. Um, and so I think like really utilizing the Google business profile, like would do a lot for, for a lot of small business. Um, and then the other is, is, you know, everyone, I feel like social media and, and, um, like the, like social media is like such a personal preference. Um, but if you go onto their social media and like you vibe with it, like, great. Um, I just don't know, like, in my opinion, I don't think there's like one right way to do it. I think there's like many right ways to do it. And so I think as long as you go to the social media and it like speaks to you, um, then yeah, you're probably in the right place because each gym has their own niche. And so you need to find the gym that works for you. Um, and any gym that says like, we serve everybody. And like, I think that's dumb. And I think it's a lie. Like each gym owner and each gym is uniquely positioned based on their past experiences and their education and the, th like the, the education that they consume or the, the literature that they consume, they're all uniquely positioned to serve a niche and they should really lean into that niche. And the, the user or the person who's searching for the gym should find their tribe. Um, and so you can use social media to, to start to see if that is your tribe. Um, and the third thing is like, can you get into book? Like, is it easy to get in contact with somebody? And if it's not like skip it, because if it's not easy to get in contact with them to sell, I can almost guarantee you that it's not going to be easy to get in contact with them to cancel your membership, to change your membership, to do anything else. And so I think uh, ease of communication is super important. I love that. And then if you hadn't guessed, my, I'm going to kind of ask you from a flip side. So, and I assume they may be similar answers, but from a gym owner's perspective, what are the most important things that they should be doing to, I suppose, one, just make their gym accessible and, and running smoothly, but then I suppose on a flip side, leveling up, as you say, a lot of people come to you because they're ready to take their next step. So what are the most important things from an owner's perspective? Yeah, I mean, it really does, like, like you alluded to, it runs parallel, right? Like you should understand what, who you uniquely serve and like scream that from the rooftops. And then once you know, like, these people who are sitting in front of you, just make sure it's easy for them to communicate with you. The best way to do that is opt-in forms and have a really, really clear call to action, whatever that may be. Like a lot of sports performance gyms use like um, consultations, like set up your consultation for your kid. Um, most of our gen pop gyms use like free intro, but like make sure that whatever that call to action is, is like super prevalent. It calls for an opt-in. You're not just directing someone to a calendar because like, I'm not sure, like the person who's who's um, putting their information in, like they might not be ready to book yet. You may have to have a conversation with that person first. So like, let's like take it one step at a time. We're not going on that first date without having a conversation. You know what I mean? Um, and then, yeah, like you're, you're, all of your social media assets, which does include like Instagram, Facebook, um, Google business profile, like whatever it is that you think your target demo is going to be using, 
to search for you, like that's what you should be using. You don't need to use all of them. And I think um, a lot of business owners get like, especially in the early days when they first start out, they're like, I need to be on TikTok and LinkedIn and like Instagram and Facebook. You don't like you pick two. Like you, you don't, because your target demo will be on maybe one or two. Like they're, I, I don't remember the last time I logged into LinkedIn and like, that's bad because I'm a business owner. I probably should do that. But like, I'm just not, you know, I'm, I'm not at the age maybe, or I'm just not in the industry that posts a lot on LinkedIn. And so whoever does do that, like I'm probably not their target demo. Mm-hmm. Right. So understanding your niche and understanding your target demo will inform a lot of these decisions, like how they want to be communicated with where they're searching for you, what they're searching for. Um, and it's overlooked a lot. I, I did it on in the other days. I was like, I can help everybody. It's like, well, actually I was more uniquely positioned to serve people who didn't fit in the normal, like gym industry, like people that were quite overweight or older people or, um, people who had never touched a barbell before. Like we were kind of the weirdos <laughs> in town and like, that was okay. And I, I wish I had known that earlier and leaned into it more. Cause I think I would have been more successful. Yeah, I know. I completely, that's so interesting. Is there an element as well of, and I, I don't know if this is the right or wrong thing to say, but don't waste your time on certain things. Would you agree? For sure. For sure. It's the same thing. Like when you, when you're training your body, right? Like there are some exercises, like maybe we just don't need to do. Like if I'm more than the age of 75, do I need to be pressing over my head? Maybe that's a controversial statement. My personal belief is like, probably not. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, there's some training that's like important for your life and some training that's not important for your life. Like I don't need to do sports specific training because I'm not an athlete. Like, you know, um, so yeah, I think, I think there are things, especially as a, if you're a gym owner, um, and you're the, you have no partners, like you gotta, you gotta pick and choose your battles. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I th- think if, if there's like one recommendation that I can give people, it's like, it give gym owners, like just use Kilo, just use Kilo. I mean, <laughs> I like we're getting at the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> that is the recommendation and we will everything is going to be linked below in our show notes so if anyone is interested and Kalida's mini reels as I say because they are like it was funny when you were just explaining that kind of call to action I was thinking I've heard that recently and then I realized it was on your Instagram (laughs) I was like that's where that's where but it's so important and it's these little nuggets of information that can completely be game changers for people and as you say will help help them to level up. Um, I'm going to let you go very shortly because back to your busy life, but I have two final questions for you. My first one is how do you manage being a CEO and running a business without it being detrimental to your life, which is something you said at the beginning of the episode, but without also using all your free time to work, which is always very tempting. Um, well, I have very good staff. Like I have very good staff and we've spent years cultivating and, and, um, molding, so to say, uh, these staff and we're very, or at least I have like been very, very intentional about who I hire. Um, and I think that in any business that I've run or any team that I've run, 
Um, that has been probably the biggest differentiator between me working a lot and me um, being able to hand off things that I'm confident will know get done without my oversight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been um, the main thing. And I think I, I said it earlier, it's just like being okay with it not all getting done. Um, you know, I have, I have my tactical plan. I have my budget, uh, goals. I have my, um, you you know, my to-do list and I just have to be very diligent with my calendar and say like, these are the things that I'm absolutely have to get done today because they're urgent and important. Um, and these are the things that are going to wait and they might wait until next week. And I'm going to have to be okay with that. Um, which has been a huge mindset shift for me because, um, I've always been the get it done girl, just get it all done. Um, um, so that's been it to be quite honest with you. It's been very difficult. Um, but, uh, it's been very needed. It's very important. So yes, thank you for sharing that. And then my final question to you, and it's something that I've kind of taken on and started asking everyone on this podcast but what are you personally really looking forward to within the next 12 months? Mm, a bigger launch of, of the Kilo Gym management software. Um, should I have said my wedding? Was that the right answer? I mean, <laughs> ignorance is bliss as we said earlier, right? <laughs> oh, well, you can tell where my brain goes, but um, yeah, so so we've got about like close to a hundred gyms on our gym management software. And for it being so new and so young, like that's better than I expected. Um, and people really like it. And like huge shout out to, to my partner, Mateo. Um, like he's just been amazing at driving that product, like the features of that product. And um, it's so impressive for how young it is. Um, and so our goal is, cause it's only in the States right now. And so we're trying to get it international by, um, just before June. Um, and so we go to the two brain business summit, which is one of our biggest events of the year with, with our, um, it, our partners in business, uh, two brain business. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. It's an exciting time for us. Um, I know my staff's excited and I know gym owners really want it. So I think it's going to provide a really good solution for people, people that have been like stuck in, in softwares that they're like, it just doesn't quite do what I want, but there's nothing better out there. And so like, I know that I have the staff to create this thing. Um, and I'm really excited to see this, like, like become one of the top software companies in, in the gym management space. It's like something that's, it might not happen this exact year. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're getting really close and, um, I don't know. I hope my competitors are sweating a little bit. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. They should be. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm excited for you and gyms. Yeah. Gym owners, if you're listening, the answer is use Kilo use the links use kilo because you won't regret it um but Kalida thank you so much for coming on and sharing I think there's so much to be taken from that as as a female and a business owner and everything so thank you so much and as I say we will share everything and we look forward to to seeing how much kilo continues to grow but so thank you so much yeah thanks and and if you do have any gym owners that are like you know what I'm not ready to like 
use Kilo yet. Um, like you mentioned earlier, I, I put out a lot of content on social media. And one of the things that I do is a free social media audit for gyms. Um, my list is quite long, but I, I'm getting through it um, because it is free. It's not like super timely, but um, yeah, it's something that I do and you have to be okay with me recording it and being honest and putting it on the internet. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. And yeah, that, we'll put everything below. So guys go and have at it. <laughs> Thanks thank so much. You.